I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as Disney catalog fans, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching, Rewatching the, the Magic. Ahoy there, Kiki. Arr, today. I it be talk like a pirate day. That it be. I cannot keep the pirate voice going that long. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But uh, it's, it's yeah. annoying after like four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so as tradition, we are doing a brother Pirates of the Caribbean movie. We are finishing off the original trilogy with Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Yeah, much like the previous movie, Dead Man's Chest, these two movies were filmed back-to-back, and they really are one movie. We t- at, at the end of, our, of last year's pirate episode, we pretty much said we just watched half a movie. Yep. So we are picking this up. This one, you know, people want to complain about how long Avengers Endgame is. People want to complain about how long the Batman was. But I don't remember anyone complaining about the length of this movie because this is still three hours long. This is the movie that doesn't end. It just goes on and on. But I get it. But I get it. This was supposed to be the big finale of the pirate saga. And then they did two more movies afterwards because it made a buttload of money. (laughs) I feel like they should have just stopped here. I'm going to be honest with you. Just stopped here. But, you know, money talks. And even now they are talking about rebooting the franchise with new characters. And honestly, I think that's the best option. You know, I know a lot of people love Jack Sparrow. I'm kind of tired of Jack Sparrow. I'm going to be on nothing against Johnny Depp. Take all the stuff, take all the controversy away from the Depp situation. I'm just kind of tired of the character and I want something new. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like this should have been a three movie series. If, if there were going to be sequels, uh, this is probably where they should have stopped. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if I've seen all the movies they've released. I mean, they said they did two more movies after this one. One based off the novel on Stranger Tides and then the final one, Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not sure I've seen all the all the movies. You really don't need to. I think, honestly, you can just see these first three and call it a franchise and you don't really need to see the rest. But I will, I will say, um, this was the point where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over this. Mm. It got, it got to the end. And I, I know that you just said that like, well, this was planned to be the finale and then it made too much money and, you know, but and I got to the end of the movie and I was like, oh, my God, they're sequel baiting another one. That's, I can't I can't do it. And and like I said, I'm not sure I did. I'm not sure I saw the two that came after this. Maybe I saw one of them. But if I did, I don't even remember it. So 
yeah, I mean, I mentally at least checked out of this franchise at the end of this movie. Yeah, I mean, it it should have ended here. I get that, like, you know, some producer guy was like, the money? And so it didn't. But it really should have ended with this film. Um, like you said, since it was filmed back to back and, you know, it's one story basically split into two very long interminable movies um basically everybody in this movie is back from the previous except for two people and a few minor characters but you know all of the important characters um are just repeats Um, johnny depp jeffrey rush uh orlando bloom Kira Knightley, Knightley. Bill Nye is back. Uh, You know, we got all the, you know, all the uh, English villain, you know, people from the East India Company Mm -hmm. are back. Um, Stellan Skarsgård's back. Um, But we do get two notable additions to the cast. Which is we get Chow Yun Fat playing Cao Feng, who is the pirate lord in the South China Sea area. He specifically says Singapore, but sure. yeah, but it's it's that whole area. You know, mm. he's based in Singapore. They find him in Singapore because mm. he's been hiding there, but he's supposed to be the you know that area. Mm. Chow Yun Fat. Came up as a actor in the Hong Kong action film uh, scene, and mostly known for a bunch of John Woo films. Um, and then really became known in to American and Western audiences broadly uh, when he did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. If you weren't into the kind of John Woo Hong Kong movies already. His character in this really was controversial in China. Yeah, almost all of his scenes were cut from the Chinese release of this as they felt that he didn't properly represent the Chinese people. I guess they were upset that a, a Chinese person was a pirate? Well, no, because, um, I mean, there's... A, a lot of famous Chinese pirates, just like there's a lot of famous uh, pirates, you know, in the Atlantic. There's, I mean, you know, anywhere close to the ocean is going to have a history of piracy. Um, however, it's, it, there was a lot of comparison of the way he was portrayed to the character of Fu Manchu. The mustache, obviously. Well, I mean, not just the the physical appearance, but in the way he was portrayed and comparisons to Yellow Menace and, you know, other racist portrayals of uh, Chinese and Asian stereotypes. 
And you really can't cut a lot of his scenes out because he is such an integral part of the story. He's the one that passes on the mantle of Pirate Lord to Elizabeth. Well, they cut out a lot of his scenes. Uh, In the theatrical cut of the movie, he's got about 20, 30 minutes of screen time. I mean, he is a major character. And uh, they cut out most of it in the Chinese market. He is almost entirely removed, if not entirely removed. Um, so, yeah, they basically cut out all of it they could get away with uh, for the Chinese market. That was that was really, really interesting at the time. Um, but, yeah, the the other major uh, addition to the cast has less screen time, but it was a massive and important addition to the cast because of the behind the scenes reason for it which is that we finally get to see Jack Sparrow's father Captain Teague yeah Captain Teague who is played by Keith Richards and of course uh, everyone knows I mean uh, Depp has said that he based his Jack Sparrow persona the character on Keith Richards yeah, from from the Rolling Stones, of course, mm-hmm. and um, so he they wanted to put Keith Richards in the previous film, and he was not available for filming because he was on a Rolling Stones tour. <laughs> um, so um, uh, Gore Verbinski, the director reworked part of the shooting schedule for this film to make sure that they could get Keith Richards in because it was that important to them that they wanted to basically give a nod to no Johnny Depp's portrayal of Jack Sparrow was so heavily based on Keith Richards that we want to have this basically it's an extended cameo but um you know, they they wanted to make sure that they gave Keith Richards his due as the inspiration for the character. Mm-hmm. So um, he is in there as the pirate lord of Madagascar. That's never say. mentioned in the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's what he's supposed to be, apparently. Uh, but he's, but, he's also the, the keeper of the code. The pirate yeah, code. the keeper of the pirate code, which is how Jack knows it so well. Um, and he is the one that everybody is scared of. Like nobody wants to cross him because he's the keeper of the code. You go against the code, you go against him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he is kind of important to the to the story as being the one who kind of gives backs Jack up when Jack is like, you know, hey, you know, this is this is what we're going to do. It's in the code. And they're like, no, it isn't. And Keith Richards kind of walks out and is like, mm, yeah, it is. It's right here in the book. You know? He's, yeah, he takes the, the pirate code very seriously. Yeah. Straight um, up killing a man for daring to go against it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, it's kind of interesting that we see him. We also see Captain Jack's mom. Who is apparently a shrunken head that Keith Richards keeps with him 
on his belt. I just like that scene. Like, how's mom? There she is. Oh, she looks great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So those are our, our two big additions to the cast that we haven't talked about. Everybody else uh, of note is returning. I- anybody else that's new is kind of just, you know, here for a second and then wanders off. Yeah, since this pretty much picks up where the previous left off, let's do a quick recap of the previous movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. <gasps> so uh, Jack Sparrow owes, uh, owes a debt to Davy Jones, and he's trying to weasel out of it, and it doesn't end well for him because he gets eaten by a kraken. Also, uh, the East India Trading Company becomes a bigger part of the story as their their chairman, their leader, Lord Beckett, is trying to rid the entire sea of piracy so the East India Trading Company can take over the seas. And I think that's pretty... And, you know, uh, Elizabeth and Will are having couples problems. Because Will saw her kiss Jack, and he's like, oh, you're in love with Jack. But But she only did that to distract him, to shackle him to the boat, to the Black Pearl, because the the Kraken isn't after them, the Kraken's after Jack, because he owes the debt. Yeah, it was it was a way of getting away. Anyway, uh, also voodoo priestess Tia Dalma is uh, heavily involved, and in, she gets a bigger role in this movie. We'll get to that. So yeah, we pick up not long after the ending of that previous movie, as we find out that Jack is one of the nine pirate lords, and since he did not pass down his mantle before his death. There is there's a power vacuum. They need charged that by our own by Xiao Feng, so they can use it to go to the land of the dead. Because those charts, while not as accurate as as Will will say, not accurate as the modern charts that they were using of the time, but they can take you to places that other charts cannot, other worlds, other places, mythical places, mythical uh, artifacts. You can find them with these charts, and they need it to find the land of the dead so they can get Jack because he is one of the nine power lords. He has one of the legendary pieces of eight. So they could uh, stop the East India Trading Company and make, so they can pirate free among the seas. The song has been sung. The council has been summoned. That whole opening scene where the pirate, you know, they straight up say, you know, Anyone who is a pirate, who is associated with a pirate, or was seen talking to a pirate, sentenced to death, including a child. Yeah, that opening scene is the most effective part of the movie, and basically the 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 only part of the movie that's really memorable. That song, that hoist of colors. Yeah, I mean... Shout out to Hans Zimmer for for that song because it's, it's a good song. Um, where that that little kid is is singing it mm-hmm. um, as he's being prepared for the the gallows, and then it's all the other ones are are taken up. The song is actually it tells you the the history of the the movie basically um how uh what we find out later in the movie about calypso 
the goddess of the sea being bound to human form by the pirate lords and um, how they took over the the oceans and it's it's a really interesting song but also it's the call to meet um, it's being sung to tell the pirate lords like hey we're we're gathering mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting the way they weave the song into the uh, the plot of the film and it's heavy in the score oh yeah so so they but that opal opening sequence in Singapore is amazing. There's great fight scenes and everything like that. But the big question is, why do they need to go to the land of the dead? As we saw at the end of the last movie, Tia Dama was able to resurrect Barbosa after he he was after he died in the in the first Pirates movie. Well, why can't he do that to Jack? Because Jack was taken body and soul to the land of the dead to be punished by Davy Jones in Davy Jones's locker. So a simple resurrection spell isn't going to work here. Yeah, I mean, Barbosa, there was a, a body left. Yeah. You know, that's that's just a quote-unquote simple matter of uh, calling the soul back into the body. Um, but Jack, there's There's, there's no nothing. body. Yeah, there's no body. There's nothing in the physical world for him to be called back to. Um. Plus, what they need is not actually Jack, as we discover later in the movie. Yeah, what they, they need is that little trinket that hangs on Jack's bandana that he the wears. piece of eight, yeah. Face. Because that's the quote-unquote piece of eight. It's a part of the magical incantation that bound uh, Calypso. Yes, and they explain it that the first pirate lords just took whatever they had in their pocket and used a spell to bind Calypso to human form, as, as Kiki said, so they could have the seeds and not her. And they get called the pieces of eight because nine pieces of whatever we had in our pockets doesn't really sound so good. <laughs> yeah. Flat earthers get a shout out because they literally fall off the edge of the earth. Yeah, the bit of going to the edge of the earth and stuff it's it's a cool little effect and all that it's a, also a nice shout out to the ride because after they go over the falls you hear that sound from the ride dead men tell no tales yeah Which, yeah if you go on the ride after that after that waterfall you go over that fall you hear that that sound, so it's a nice shout out to the ride. Yeah, it's it's really uh, cool. Uh, that little that little bit. Um, but then we get the first of two scenes that I I, I don't particularly like. The multiple Johnny Depp's as Jack Sparrows. Yeah, the the multiple Jack Sparrows having a moment. I think it's kind of supposed to show that his his 
he's gone even more cuckoo than he was before. Like previously, he was just drunk. Now being in the land of the dead, it's kind of turned him a bit insane. Yeah, and I know that it's like, oh, haha, look, he's, you know, he's talking to himself and like to. Th- They're trying to make Johnny Depp be funny, and it's funny. I, I I thought it was funny the first time I saw it, but it does kind of overstay its welcome. It really does, and in a movie that's three hours long, have we mentioned this movie is three hours long? Oh my god, this movie is three hours long. In a movie that is three hours long, I I don't need this scene. No one needs this scene, and it's and, really long. So let's see, he he goes through all you know. He's talking to himself. He he finds these rocks that turn into crabs that sail the black pearl to sea. And it's like this whole scene goes on for like 10, 15 minutes. It really didn't need to be that long. And then when the other people show up, you know, when the, you know, our heroes show up to rescue him, then it's a whole thing of. Oh, now I'm hallucinating all of my friends. And then they're like. Oh, he thinks he's hallucinating us. And then it's like, well, we've got this scene of him saying quote unquote funny things to the people he thinks he's hallucinating. And the and then the thing that convinces him that he's not hallucinating is that he's hallucinating people he's never met before. Really, it's the first thing that gets him is Elizabeth. Because, you know, oh, here's here's Gibbs. I can I can hallucinate Gibbs. Here's Barbosa. Yeah, this is definitely something I would hallucinate. Here's Will. I can. Oh, Elizabeth's here. Uh, Why would because why would he hallucinate about the person that killed him? I mean, let's be real. Elizabeth killed Jack Sparrow in the last movie. Well, yeah, but also I can see why you would hallucinate the person who killed you i mean that's just a nightmare you know um but uh, why you're hallucinating random people who are just like hey we're mercenaries what's up do you want you want a boat like we're, we're just random boring mercenary guys we we don't really have a character except to be mercenaries <laughs> like you know it's not really a very interesting uh hallucination there however finally he believes it and he's like oh yeah you you brought the black pearl okay cool let's let's get off this stupid little rock or whatever and yeah the the whole movie goes through the whole you know jack and barbosa fighting over who is the real captain of the pearl and each of them barking out orders and and once again seeing it I mean that that is a bit that goes on way too long. Maybe do ten seconds of it, but you know the the one the one guy um, uh, Pintel mm-hmm. or, or whatever his name is that is like, shut up, stop it, you know. And then they were like. Who are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, why why are you yelling at us? He's like, oh, well, I just thought, you know, if Captain was up for grabs, I'd try it. And they were like, uh, no, no, you don't, you don't get to do that. 
I would have liked it if they had just had them say, hey, I don't care which one of you two is the captain. Someone be the captain. Yeah, just pick one. Um, At least that would have given him, it would have, yeah, I get the whole thing. point is these, Pintel and Rigetti are supposed to be the comic relief of the movie. But to have himself say, hey, I don't care which one of you is the captain. Pick one to be the captain and let's just go. Yeah, that would have been slightly funnier to me. But, you know, whatever. The the point is that everything in this film goes on slightly too long. Even the bits that are theoretically funny just overstay their welcome. Like, Barbosa and Jack fighting over who's captain. Well, that's a normal thing they do. So even in the Land of the Dead, when they really just need to get out of there, of course they'd be fighting over who's captain. But make that, like, a two-second exchange and then shut them up. That goes on for way too long. And way too often in the movie. Yeah, and it keeps coming back over and over again. It's And I... I'd like a running gag, but once again, too long. So, Jack, though, is the one that figures out how do we get out of here because they're trying to figure out sunset and up is down or whatever, and he realizes they have to figure out a way to flip the boat over. I don't think the way he figures out how to flip the boat is actually physically possible. But it looks cool. But it looks cool. But it's also this this we get some backstory. And this whole thing we get the backstory of Davy Jones and his relationship with Calypso. Davy Jones didn't always look like a tentacle monster. He looked like a man. His job once he became captain of the uh of the Flying Dutchman was to aid the dead who the people who died at sea ate to guide them to the afterlife. That's his job. And he did not do that job, which is why he looks the way he does. Kind of going back to what we it's 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 going it's 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 Jungle Cruise again. It's the same thing they did in Jungle Cruise. Only they did it here decades earlier. But uh yeah. So the point is that the captain of the Flying Dutchman can only go to shore one day every 10 years to be with the one that they loved. And we find out later that uh, Calypso also went against her part of the deal. As when he, after his first 10 years at sea, uh, Davy Jones went to land and she wasn't there. And her excuse for this is, well, the sea is fickle. Like, would you love me if I weren't fickle? As flowing as the sea. Straight up Pocahontas. (laughs) Which, I mean, girl, that's not a good excuse. Like, yeah, the sea is fickle, but also the tides are relatively regular. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's kind of a not great story line. 
this is not a good couple. This is this is this well, is no, a couple. No, no. I mean, they're a bad couple, but also it's a really bad plot line. Plot comes up at convenience and is only effective at convenience, which is kind of. I mean, I get why they do it, but it gets plot plot points and plot threads and plot reveals come out when they. Only at convenience, they're never mentioned before, and they're never mentioned again. Yeah, like, we never really hear about the whole Pirate Lord thing until this movie. Yeah. We do hear about Davy Jones' heart and a woman he loved in the previous movie. And it's implied that he cut his own heart out because it hurt so much after Calypso broke it. Yeah. But that doesn't explain why does the captain of the Flying Dutchman need their heart cut out. Yeah, that that part doesn't make sense afterward. Well, the previous captain had his heart cut out. Yeah, but why does the next... He, he had a reason to cut his heart out. Yeah, and the thing is, is that he loved her, and then she says, okay, I want you to guide the souls of the dead, and for one day every ten years, you can be with me. And he was like, okay, that sounds like a fair deal. And I'm like, already, she's kind of not great. Ten... Ten years of service for one day with me every ten... I mean, I get that she's a goddess and everything and... Ten years of servitude for one day of freedom. Yeah, and I I get that immortality comes along with it, but... It's like, immortality for ten years with one day off... That that's not a good deal. I mean, even if she'd have kept her bargain, Davy Jones is still getting the short end of that stick, you know? Yeah. That that already already Davy Jones is kind of not smart on that deal. But that's what gets his thing, because he says, you know, after that first time, after that after she after Calypso stood him up, you know what? He's the one that gave the, the the magic spell to the pirate lords to bound Calypso to human form. Which, where did he get that from? Uh, did he just have that in his back pocket waiting for, like, well, and if she stands me up, I'll, you know, I'll betray her with this magic spell for capturing the goddess of the sea. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not not really a great story here. But then he, quote-unquote, like, left his job and went off to do something else. And so that's how he got corrupted and cursed? He's By what? Get, By whom? Yeah. I guess that was part of the spell. I don't know. Because he's not guiding souls to the afterlife. He's just... When ships are dying or he's going to attack ships, he either kills them or makes them part of the crew. 
part of the ship, part of the to, crew. To to what end? We're not really sure. Okay. And even then, the servitude is set for a certain number of years, and he's kind of making this forever. Even yeah. you, you know, the even in the previous movie. The interesting thing is, though, is that this is his. Like how 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 long is how long has he been doing this? Though I, I mean, I guess we can figure it out because they're talking about that. You know, this is like the. The fourth council, fourth of, pirate council lords. of the pirate lords, or something, and everything. So he's only been doing this what a couple of hundred years, maybe. Maybe. So, um, this is this is only his like third or fourth crew. If he's keeps doing it for a hundred years every time. Um, but yeah, it's. The thing is, though, is that the East India Company, after the the last movie, has gotten a hold of the chest of that has Davy Jones' heart in it, and so they're using it to control him, and they're sending out the Flying Dutchman to take down pirate ships. Yeah, that's uh, that's our old friend Norrington, who at the end of the last movie was able to grab the heart, giving it to uh, Lord Beckett to get his job back yeah and so norrington has been put in not in charge but you know he's stuck on board the dutchman to help keep uh davy jones, jones in, che- in, check. <laughs> in check here and but the thing is is that uh governor swan uh elizabeth's father is stuck on the ship with Beckett. His his old ship, uh, the Endeavor, I think is is the name of that one. Mm. Um, and he is he keeps asking a lot of questions about the the chest and the the Dutchman and uh, gets a little a little too curious about what's going on. So we hear Beckett say something about uh, ominous about an execution. And as the Pearl is traveling back to the land of the living after they do the little, you know, flippy maneuver to, to get the boat back uh, toward our real world, um, they see boats carrying the souls of the dead. And some they, of them are pirates, some of them are just regular people. Yeah, regular people who drowned at sea. Um, and they see Elizabeth's father, and we discover that he was executed by Beckett for asking too many questions, basically. And Elizabeth just loses it. Get on yeah. the ship, you can't be dead. Come back with us. She to the point where she tries to jump off the ship, and uh, Tia Dalma warns them that if she jumps off the ship, she will be lost. She'll stay um, in the land of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, though, is that uh, Swan, uh, Governor Swan, is the one that it tells them that uh, whoever is the the one that ends up 
stabbing the heart of Davy Jones is going to have to take his place because the Dutchman must have a captain. And they even asked Tia Dama, can you bring him back? And she says, I can't. He's at peace. Which is a nice way of uh, of kind of circumvent. She can bring back people from the dead, but she cannot bring back someone from the dead who's at peace. Yeah, or maybe it's that she won't. Possibly. Yeah. He does. You know, he does say, you know, I'll say hi to your mother. So it's probably him saying, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to see my wife again. I, I don't need, yeah. you know, I, I'm at peace. I can go see my wife in the, in the land of the dead. The thing is, though, is that this movie is so complicated on who is double crossing who. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Everyone is double crossing everyone because they need water uh, after their journey and they stop at an island and Salfang is somehow there waiting for them. And Beckett is also there waiting for them. And Southang sells them out to the East Trading Company. Will tries to sell them out. Jack tries to sell them out. East India Trading Company is trying to not go on any of the deals. So it's like everyone's turning on everyone. I yeah. Get trying to, I get what they're trying to do that hey, you can't trust a pirate. And hey, if we can't trust a pirate, can't trust us either. It's just business. I mean, nobody was ever able to trust the East India Trading Company. That's just history. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, is that after all the, you know, double crossing and backstabbing, we find out that Cao Feng thinks that Elizabeth is actually Calypso, and he takes her uh because he wants to gain Calypso's favor when she is finally released. And that's the entire reason for the Pirate Lords meeting, because they have the pieces of eight. Their plan is to release Calypso and use her power to destroy Davy Jones, to destroy the East India Trading Company, and they can seal, keep on sealing the seas. We find out that it's Tia Dalma that is Calypso. And her plan is, once she's free, is to take revenge on those that imprisoned her. Yeah. Um, the The problem is, though, is that uh, Selfang's ship is attacked by uh, the Dutchman. Um, and Selfang is wounded. Um, and as he is dying, he gives Elizabeth his uh, talisman, his piece of eight, and says, you're the captain now, you're the pirate lord, uh, go to the meeting in my stead, um, and dies believing that she is Calypso. You know, Here, do this, go free yourself. And, of course, a, an entire boat of Chinese men have no intention of listening to this white woman as their captain. Yeah, until uh, Davy Jones shows up and is like, where's the captain? And they're like, no, 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 she's the, she's the captain. If you want the captain there, there, take her. We don't care. 
Um, also, we have a, another little subplot in this movie of Jack Sparrow wanting immortality. He's already died once. He doesn't really want to do that again. So he wants to stab the heart of Davy Jones to become immortal. But uh, as later on, as Will says, yeah, you can become immortal by uh, by stabbing the heart, but you're going to have to do the job. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Davy Jones. Yeah. The, the thing is, though, is that... Um... Norrington is the one that's on the Dutchman when they capture Elizabeth. He kind of starts having a bit of a change of heart because Elizabeth's there. As remember from the first movie, Norrington was originally engaged to Elizabeth. That's a whole different ball of wax that we already went through the first time with the first movie. Yeah. Um, but Elizabeth and, uh, is kind of there when she kind of gets her final little jab at him when he's like, no, we we shouldn't hurt Elizabeth. She's, you know, special and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And Tavy Jones is like, uh, no, stop, stop. We're, we're going to kill them all because they're pirates and stuff. And Norrington still loves Elizabeth. Yeah, but Norrington's like, no, you know, that there's exceptions and everything. And Elizabeth basically just looks at him and is like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you not realize that you are the bad guy? Hi, let me clue you into the fact that you are the bad guy. You have always been the bad guy. See that uniform you're wearing? That's that's the bad guy uniform. Duh. Have you caught up with the plot yet? Why do you think I did not marry you? You're the villain. You numpty. Like, come on. And he finally gets to his senses. You know, I, I, you know, I've chosen a side. Have you? Yeah. Well, I mean, he did. He did choose the side. He chose the side of the bad guys, and that was kind of Elizabeth's point. Like. <laughs> Hi, it's 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 what we talked about in Shape of Water. Like, here's the moment that the villain realizes, like, oh wait, are we the baddies? Like, yeah, l- look in a mirror, you're the bad guys. Um. Meanwhile, Elizabeth, while she's in the brig on the Dutchman, runs into Bootstrap Bill, uh, Will's father, and. She tries to talk to him about Will, but the problem is, is he's beginning to merge more and more with the ship, and he is losing his sense of self. But he also has a point, is that, I know who you are. You're Elizabeth. Will talked about you. If you're here, then he's not going to save me. He's going to save you because he loves you. He won't save me. I wouldn't save me in this situation either. But she has a point. Well, he's just saying what he knew in the previous movie. It wasn't stated so clearly, but it's one of those things that if you know how to watch a movie, you already got this point. When Will is talking about Elizabeth in the previous movie, you understand that his father realizes this. That's Um, that's why... 
bootstrap help Will escape the first time. Yeah, it's, it's you know, he could have stayed. He could have stabbed the heart and everything and saved them. And they could have, you know, sailed off together and all that kind of stuff. But there's a price to be paid for that. Now, if Will had been without family, without loved ones, without, well, yeah, okay, then the both of them get immortality on that boat doing the job, father and son together, because there's nobody left in the real world to care for them. That's a different story. But... Will did have someone to care for him in the real world. In the in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bootstrap realized. Like, I've already missed my brief window <laughs> where where my son maybe would have been willing to make that sacrifice for me. Um but he he has just enough of himself left to kind of tell Elizabeth, like, no, I, I, I already realized that before he merges back with the, the ship. Norrington, however, comes to his senses and, and goes like, oh, you're right. I am the bad guy. Maybe I want to do one thing in my life that's not the bad guy. Uh, hey, everybody else is asleep. Come on, let's let's get you and your, your crew back to your ship. Does Norrington earn this redemption, though? Well, he kind of did a couple of things in some of the in the previous two movies that kind of showed that he doesn't intend to be a bad guy. He just bought into the propaganda. You know, I'm doing this for king and country. We're the great civilizing force of the, you know going out and building an empire and uh, you know I mean a lot of people do buy into that mm-hmm. idea and they did at the time and it's you know I'm I'm going to go out in the service of my country and you know and I, I really do think that for a lot of the time he truly thought he was the good guy El- Elizabeth does in that final moment show him the brutality that yes he should have seen all along i mean when we first meet him he's already doing the the thing where he hangs pirates and he's you know being awful and he's already willing to kill will and you know in that first movie so yes he should have seen it all along and the one thing is that the look on his face as he's letting, as he shoots the line and lets uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth and, his, and her crew go free is like, he knows exactly what's about to happen. The moment he pulls that pistol out, the moment he shoots, it's like, well, this is my last moment. Bang. And it's going to be saving Elizabeth. But he does get that final kind of moment of redemption because, you know, he's. He's injured by Bootstrap, uh, who has once again lost himself to the ship. And when Bootstrap injures him and alerts the ship that there are prisoners escaping, 
Davy Jones comes up and asks him the same question he asks all of them, you know, do you, do you fear death? And he's about to offer him the choice of becoming one of the crew. And Norrington stabs Davy Jones in a final act of defiance and then dies. I love that line at the end. I'll take that as a no. Yeah, but it is it is that thing of, you know, Norrington could have lived. As part of the crew, yeah. As part of the crew. And as we know from, you know, the end of the movie, you know, he wouldn't have had to live too long uh, with with that burden. Um, you know, he could have gotten off light and uh, either kept sailing and doing the job or uh, had had the curse lifted and just gone on to the beyond. You know, once again, he had a choice and he made the correct one. You know, he would have died at peace. It is interesting because he he finally had that moment and I think he did you know, it, it's not an, a, an entire redemption, but he does have that moment of you know, final defiance there um, in his one good deed. Mm-hmm. When we have our, you know, over on the other side, you know, Will is, is trying to send a message via this kind of macabre uh, bit of tying bodies to barrels and sending a kind of a breadcrumb trail to, to uh, Beckett there about where the Black Pearl is. Uh, and, and, like, the whole thing is with that is that, you know, it's part of Jack's plan. It says Jack's plan is to stab the heart, become immortal. And he, you know, he even gives Will the compass. The compass that will take you to your heart's desire. And pretty much tells him, hey, you you go to Beckett. And uh, you lead him to me and I'll stab the Davy Jones' heart. Yeah. Will and Jack kind of come to that uneasy recognition of like, hey, you you want to save your father? And I want immortality. Like, let's let's work together, you know? <laughs> Um, but they, they have to get all the, the players to this shipwreck cove, um, to, to get to this, you know, pirate brethren court there. They need to get there and Elizabeth shows up as the final pirate captain must have the shock of everybody, including yeah. Jack. But uh, you know, the point is, you know, the plan is of the other lords. It's to hide out at Shipwreck Cove until this whole thing blows over because it's a certified fortress. No one can get in. They'll be fine. And, you know, hey, we've got supplies and we can hold out here for a long time. Uh, you know, we're we're good. We can we can withstand a siege. And Elizabeth's like, no, we we can't. And for once, Jack agrees with her. Like, you know, we'll we'll a bunch of us will be dead in a couple of months. You know, we can hold out for a little while, but 
they have supply lines in the open ocean, we will be stuck here. Because eventually they're going to run out of supplies. Well, yeah, I mean, that is the, the point of a siege. You know, it's like you, you got to be able to hold out indefinitely or until the other army uh, is unable to carry on the fight. The thing is, is that Jack is able to kind of summon his father and uh, be like, hey, the pirate's code says only a pirate king can declare war, right? And his dad, you know, Keith Richards wanders in like, yep, that's what the code says. And the pirate lords have to vote for a king, and there, but there hasn't been a king in hundreds of years because each pirate lord only votes for themselves. Which, that's how it starts. Each of the pirate lords votes themselves for king, and then Jack says, I vote for Elizabeth. And because Elizabeth has two votes, see, everybody else has one, she is the pirate king. This movie came out in 2007, and no one seemed to complain when a woman was king then. And she and she totally goes like, I'm the king, you have to listen to me. But, you know, Valkyrie becomes king of Asgard and everyone loses their minds. Yeah. The... The thing is, though, is that she's like, "Great, I'm king. Uh, we're we're gonna go to war, uh, but first, we're gonna go parlay with uh, the Beckett and uh, yeah, and Beckett Davy and Davy Jones and Will, as they realize Will's not there. Yeah, the the most awesome part of the parlay scene is how they get Davy Jones there. Yeah, because Davy Jones can't walk on land only once every 10 years. So I remember seeing this in the theater and the entire theater busted out laughing, seeing Davy Jones in this tub of water. Yeah, he's standing there in a bucket, uh, which I love. But you that is the, the funniest little bit of rules lawyering that I have ever seen. Because you know somebody was like, okay... How do we get him to this part? Well, he has to be, like, on the water. Like, does he have to be, like, in a boat? Can he be, like, in a bucket? Like, can we put can we him, have like, him on in shore? a barrel? And, like, like... They could have easily had him on the shore with the, him, him still touching water. But no, he needs to, have to be in there. And, well, let's, let's put him in a bucket. <laughs> so, I, I just... Uh, I love that that little bit. And of, they went through the trouble of having like four or five smaller buckets behind him. Well, yeah, he's got to like walk in in the buckets to get to the big bucket. Like I love that. I love that. Uh, such a good such a good moment. Um, but uh, I like I like this whole scene because. Pretty much everybody is in on this plan except for Davy Jones and and uh, Beckett. Like maybe Elizabeth's not in in on it, but Will and Jack are are, are playing their own little game because they've already talked about it. Mm -hmm. 
So even though Jack's like, no, 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 I don't agree to this. Like, you know, they've, they've already agreed to this, you know. A prisoner, ex- a prisoner exchange, exactly. Yeah, the prisoner exchange where they're they're gonna swap out and everything, um, and then, uh, Barbosa does the whole thing about like you know, oh, I should kill you and everything, and then he swipes his sword at Jack, but really he's just retrieving the piece of eight so they can do the spell and all that kind of stuff and then you know monkey jack goes and retrieves it so it's not obvious that's what he wanted you know it's it's a it's a fun little little bit you know the the way all the pieces kind of end up um but we we finally get everybody kind of where they they need to be and jack goes back off to uh, to the ship with with Dave Jones and uh, everybody else goes off to the Black Pearl and Barbosa has finally all of the, the pieces of eight uh, in one spot and they bring up Tiadalma and Will is the one that reveals that Davy Jones was, but was the one that betrayed her. Was the one that betrayed. The, my favorite part of of this is that it has to, the spell has to be broken by saying the words as if you're saying them to a lover. Yeah, and I, I do like it. Like Barbosa is very boastful. I released you from your bonds, and Rigetti is like, you're not saying it right. You gotta say it right. And, and it's then, like, the, yeah, yeah, him, him, like leaning in and very softly saying it. It's just such a perfect delivery. I mean, it's it's a really well done scene. Rigetti would be a very caring lover, <laughs> probably. Um, the, the thing is, though, is that it's, it's the thing of right before she changes, you know, Will leaning in for that reveal. Like, while she's still human enough for it to, like, fully just wreck her. You know? Like, we know the spell has worked, but she's still in human form and still has, like, a human heart. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, no, 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 this is the exact moment it's gonna crush you. H- here we go. Um, but, you know, once she's restored to full power, then we get Barbosa's kind of full... Uh, gambit there which is that he's like leave my ship alone but destroy those who you know destroy your enemies destroy your enemies and mine yeah that um, seems to be the one that, that that's like yeah that's kind of be where where Calypso kind of I don't think so <laughs> But instead of, like, doing any of that, she just summons a whirlpool. Yeah. She summons so that, a big storm. Yeah. So that we can have the 
fight between the Flying Dutchman and the Black Pearl as they twirl around a whirlpool. Rain is a very good thing to hide CGI. <laughs> and then most of the rest of the movie is just a giant battle sequence. I gotta say, I will say this, is one of my favorite parts of the movie with the, you know, Rigetti, Rigetti's very loving speech is one thing, but Elizabeth's heroic speech, her motivational speech that she gets rallies the troops with is actually pretty good. Yeah, it's good, a good co- speech and it's it's well delivered, yeah. So good, in fact, that Kingdom Hearts 3, they actually had the speech in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so they have, there's a, in Kingdom Hearts 3, there's a, they go to the Pirates of the Caribbean land. We are in the middle of At World's End, the events of At World's End, and you actually get to that speech in the game. And so that's that speech was so impactful that we have to have this in the game. But yeah, kudos on Kiera Knightley for delivering that speech. And you notice that she uses some of uh, Barbosa's words. Yeah. Back back to him even. Mm-hmm. Um about the the hard work and the sweat of the brow and all that kind of stuff. Um, about why that they wanted to bind Calypso in the first place. The battle is big and dramatic, and there's a lot of good fight choreography and the a sword lot of good fight, CGI. Yeah. The sword fight between Jack and De- and Jones is one of my favorite. Another one of my favorite of the fight scenes in this movie is just them on on the sail clashing swords. My favorite one is actually the wedding fight. Oh, you're talking about the greatest wedding in cinematic history? <laughs> um, but the, uh, you know, they've got the thing where, where Will asks Elizabeth to marry him because they might die. And then they're like, oh, Barbosa, marry us. And they have the wedding while they're in the middle of fighting. And the choreography for that is just amazing. Um, I was in the theater watching this with uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And as this is happening, I'm leaning over to her and said, this is the wedding that I want. <laughs> the, the thing about it is that um, Orlando Bloom has always been excellent with sword fights. Mm. I mean, he's just really good at selling that. Um, and them having the back and forth with him and Kira Knightley. Yeah, she's saying it's you swap, know. swap places and um you know, kind of switch off between enemies and everything as they're delivering their vows and <laughs> yeah. Um it's it's really well done cuz it is very dance like. Yeah. Great choreography on that. Yeah, it it, re- it really is a, a well-plotted sequence and uh, one that is put across very well on screen uh, in all the kind of different parts. Um, so, really nice. Well done. I, p- possibly my, my favorite 
uh, part of the the battle. Um, but eventually, you know, uh, Will sees them, uh, sees uh, Jack and uh, Davy Jones struggling with the chest and heads over to help with that. And it ends up, everybody of note kind of ends up on the uh, on the Dutchman. Dutchman, but uh, the problem is that the uh, the problem is that once again, Bootstrap has lost himself to the ship and does not recognize his own son, and he ends up trying to fight Will instead of help him, um, which distracts him enough for him to, you know, fall in a, a fight to Davy Jones. And even though Jack gets a hold of the heart He's got and, the he's got he's got the sword in his hand, yeah. he's ready to stab him. He's you know he's ready to say, you know, like Davy Jones goes through the whole thing. Do you fear death? Jack like, do you? Right? Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> And then it says, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this. And just stabs Will through the heart. Now what are you going to do? You can kill me, but uh, your boy here is still going to die. And and this is where Bootstrap gets his senses back. Yeah, attacks Davy Jones and distracts him long enough for uh, Jack to rush over and help Will stab the heart before Will can die. I mean, it's it's been said in the previous two movies that underneath it all, Jack Sparrow isn't actually that bad a guy. And this is one of those moments that shows that. Like, he gives up his chance at immortality to save Will. Yeah, and uh, Davy Jones... Falls back into the whirlpool while calling for Calypso. His final words is the woman he loves. Even after everything, he still loves her. But Dutch the, needs a captain. Yeah. The and the the problem is is that uh, part of the ship, part of the crew. So uh, Jack and Elizabeth have to get the heck out of there. And also Monkey Jack, who's on the ship. Um, so they fashion a parasail and uh, get off the, the boat. 1800th parachute. Who knew? Yeah. Um, but here comes the, uh, the crew to cut out Will's heart. Again, why this has to be a thing, we don't know. But... Whatever. Um, but but down goes the Dutchman into the whirlpool, and the whirlpool goes away. And uh, Beckett's like, ha ha ha! Now I will kill the pearl. And the Dutchman comes back, and he's like, ah, oh, good. The Dutchman is here to help me. Except, nope. Now it's captained by Will, and all the crew are normal-looking humans again. 
and the Pearl and the Dutchman team up, and we absolutely is, blow up the Endeavor. This is a great moment because this is the reveal of Will in full pirate gear, really for the first time in the entire series. He's partially in pirate gear through the movie, but he's got the bandana on, he's got the earring, he's got the whole gear on. And he a got- giant scar across his chest. Yeah. But, you know, it's just that whole reveal, the, the the reveal, the music, it's a great moment of him just. And then, you know, ordering the crew to fire on the Endeavor. Yeah. And we have yeah, we, we have the, the Dutchman and the Pearl fighting firing on the Endeavor. And Beckett just loses it. He is his sanity is broken. It was just business. It was just business. As the entire ship is exploding around him, walking like nothing's happening. As as the rest of the crew is abandoning ship and oh, going overboard. Yeah, I mean, they, they notice that, that Beckett's not here anymore. Okay, we gotta get out of here. Um, but it's it's a really well filmed scene as as he's just walking down the steps as everything's exploding around him, and then eventually he also explodes. Yeah. the The problem is that uh, Bootstrap does tell Will as he's you know looking longingly at Elizabeth standing on the pearl. He's like, you know, you you have to do the job. You know, unless unless you want to turn into Davy Jones, you know, you you got to do the job and she can't follow. Ten years at sea, one day at la- on land. But it is their wedding night, so they get one day on land. And because this is a Disney movie, we just get them putting their boots back on after. I must say, I'm in the theater again. I'm in the theater watching this and you see the big comet, you know, that big leg you know kira kira knightley's leg coming into view wearing will's boot and um let's just say that his hands go a little further up than the usual disney movie usually allows (laughs) and i'm in the theater going uh hold on will this is still a disney movie (laughs) but it's still kira knightley so i don't blame the guy (laughs) i mean but it it's still a disney movie so the the Implication is really all we get. Yes, that they have consummated their marriage. And, and this is I mean, probably the most romantic moment. It's a moment that people still talk about today when when referencing the Pirates movies. Is that he has the chest with his heart in it. And he, and he says, it's always belonged to you. Take care of it for me. How many men will literally give the woman they love their actual physical heart? I mean, hopefully very few of them, because you'd be dead. It's supernatural. I mean, that's what I'm trying to think of that, you know. Like, yeah. You know, he literally is giving her his heart. Again, why this is necessary, they never explain in the movie, but, you know, whatever. But he's off to do the job. And we get a little bit at the end where uh, there's more than one way to gain immortality. As uh, Barbosa has kicked Jack off the boat and Gibbs. And the 
the Pearl crew is off to find the Fountain of Youth. But Jack stole the the charts. <laughs> I guess he figured that uh, Barbosa would uh, turn against him eventually. So yeah. He has, he's, uh, he has the charts. He's looking for the Fountain of Youth. But we also get a post credit scene. Ten years later, we see... We see a uh, young boy, young Henry Turner, as him and his mom look over the look over at the horizon as the Dutchman sails in, so um, so Will can finally meet his son. This is the one they keep they, they uh, you know Henry here will eventually make it his life's endeavor to do what Will did and free his father from the Dutchman. There's a guy named Salazar involved. That's Pirates 5. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. Eh. And that's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. <laughs> Honestly, this works as a culmination of the previous two films. And uh, I will say it again. This should have been it. This should have been the end of the franchise, but there's money to be made, so they kept going. This also should have been an hour shorter. I agree. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! It it just it's it's an interminable movie. And then you know we didn't mention it because it doesn't really have any effect on the movie, but there's these two. British naval soldiers that kind of switch sides toward the end of the movie. Because they're guarding the chest throughout most of the movie. Those could have been cut. They could have been cut. They didn't need to be in this movie. Like, as you said, there's the, the, the jet, the, you know, a lot of Jack's talking to himself and throughout the entire movie could have been cut. A lot of the, squabble between Jack and Barbosa could have been cut. Just there's 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 parts where the scenes just go on and on and on and could have been cut down. This did not need to be three hours. So let's let's ask the question here, Kiki. Does Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End have the magic? I mean this one still does, but it is rapidly fading magic. That is stretched far too long. I will agree. This is still a good movie. It it still has the magic to me, but yeah, it's a bit long in the tooth. It is the last really good Pirates movie. Because it's just downhill from here. I am tired of Jack Sparrow. I am tired of Will Turner. I am tired of Elizabeth Swan. I'm tired of Barbosa. I will gladly welcome a Pirates of the Caribbean reboot with a completely new set of characters. Give me that. Maybe that'll do a refresh to this, to this scene. Again, take all of the Johnny Depp drama out of it. I'm just tired of these characters and I want something new. I mean, I could watch more Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley, personally. I'm fine with them. But... Yeah, kind of the kind of kind of the Barbosa and uh, Jack Sparrow 
stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's let's move on to next week. Uh, this is a movie that uh, you've been wanting to talk about for a while, Kiki. The Princess Diaries. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed it when it came out. I haven't seen it in a while. I kind of want to see if it holds up the way I remember. I mean, you know, it's always good to talk about Julie Andrews and we get to talk about, you know, Chris Pine and Anne Hathaway and, you know, princesses. I mean, Disney got to talk about princesses. Yeah, we got to meet our Disney princess talking quota at some point. So, yeah, come back next week for The Princess Diaries, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. If you want to help the fight for human rights in the U.S., the American Civil Liberties Union works to protect constitutional rights for all Americans. Their website is aclu.org. If you need reproductive services in the U.S. or wish to donate to those who do, go to abortionfunds.org for more info. The battle isn't over until the last person surrenders. The fight continues. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.